You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunz coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth with my in uh, um, uh, my substitute co-host. His name is? Kevin Pilon. Kevin Pilon, who was my co-host for a whole long time before Cindy, for like, what, six or seven months? Before she gave me the boot, yep. She didn't give you the boot. You gave yourself the boot. That's true. I did fire myself. Yeah, I've I just, didn't fire you. I've been thinking about Legos all break now. Well, I bet. Because my kids, so that my oldest two are eight and six, and they suddenly, they even a year ago, they were not this into building Legos, but within the last year, they've just gone crazy. And they're building all sorts of things on their own. And um, we have this Lego uh, Bible, like a Lego Bible. Oh, sure, Bible, sure. I've seen that. Duh. Which at times... They don't call is, it Legos, though. Yeah. It's, it's like block the, or something. Yeah, the block Bible. I forget what it's called. But it, some of it is just absolutely hilarious. Right. And some of it... Especially is like, David going and getting the oh, uh, foreskins yeah. of the uh, Philistines. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually in there. I saw yep. that in and there. And the beheading of Goliath yeah. and all that stuff. But uh, I'm going to be going to their site uh, up on this block for sure. Well, last Clever time, name, by the way. So la- Yeah, last time that uh, he was on, um, uh, Cindy went to it and she, and she ordered the books. Excellent. So I, I don't know if she got them or not, but she ordered ones for me too, so I haven't gotten them. I haven't seen them yet. But I saw a comic, stri- uh, comic book comic strip not long ago where it showed, um, it showed a guy in hell, and he's walking on uh, instead of hot coals. He said, what would you do with the hot coals? And the devil said, oh, we got rid of those for Legos uh, years ago. <laughs> so anyhow, enough, enough of Legos. So uh, we have uh, Jordan, Father Jordan Dosh on the line. Father Jordan, welcome to Real Presence Radio. Hello. Good to be with you. It's good to have you. So uh, it sounds like we have a little bit of um, uh, weird feedback or weird sounds on the air. I don't know if that's on your end or not. But So, um, Father Jordan, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what diocese you're from? Yeah, my name is Father Jordan Dash. I'm the vocation director for the Diocese of Bismarck. I've been ordained just over five years. Um, I've been serving as vocation director. This is now in my third year. Well, that's, uh, you, uh, you were uh, made vocation director within just a couple of years ordination. Yeah, yeah. It has its, you know, strengths and weaknesses. Some of the strengths are it wasn't that long ago that I was in seminary, so I kind of know what the seminarians are going through. Uh, but <laughs> some of the weaknesses are I was in seminary with some of the guys, so now I'm kind of sitting on the other side of the table. Yeah, yeah. I was the uh, vocation director for the Diocese of Duluth for 11 years. And so I, I know the line of work. I think it's, um, uh, I think it's, obviously about the most important work that we can possibly have in the church, especially as priests. And so maybe speak a little bit about the importance of uh, vocations. Yeah. A vocation, especially to the priest, to the religious life, is something that um, definitely needs encouragement. You know, all of us are born into a family, so the idea of marriage, I think, is something that is pretty natural to everyone. Uh, but, you know, the thought that I could be called to a different vocation is something that needs encouragement. You know, unless they see that from their parents um, or from a good priest, it isn't something that they would naturally conclude on their own. Mm. So, therefore, you know, uh, having a vocation director in each diocese uh, who can supply all the resources to the priests and the pastors to help them, you know, cultivate vocations in their own area is, is really important. You know, I just think about it in my own life, uh, you know, that I needed good priests, uh, number one, for their witness to see that uh, if God is calling you to his vocation, that uh, you will 
joyfully be able to live it out. Uh, but then, too, just, like, trying to make sense of, like, what do these desires mean? You know, that I like serving mass, or I like talking about the priest, that I like being around priests. You know, and having a good good priest and a, a good vocation director can help a young man make sense of what, what that means. Yeah, that's fantastic, Father. And I think we are going to uh, just briefly uh, take you off the air here just to uh, see if we can get your connection figured out. But uh, please please stay with us, Father. And, um, you know, in the uh, Diocese of Bismarck, that's, of course, um, where University of Mary is. That's right. Um, and that's a, that's very close to well, my own heart. My, my brother went through uh, their program there and... You know, when he when we do have him back on, I do want to ask him questions about working with the university there. Yeah, we'll have to ask him that because we, as we see in the Diocese of Duluth, with Father Mike Schmitz in particular, with the uh, Newman at uh, UMD, that we've had a lot of vocations come through that, and so the vocation director from the diocesan level working with either a strong Catholic college or a, a secular college with a Catholic program is going to be instrumental in finding people that have the vocation of the priesthood, you know? Yeah, it, there seems to have been a, a major shift there over, I would say, the last 50 years. You know, vocations primarily seem to come um, out of high schoolers who had grown up being altar servers. Mm-hmm. You saw a lot of that. Yes. And then over the 70s, 80s, 90s, that that dropped drastically. Mm-hmm. And now it seems to be what has risen in its place is young men in college who yeah. have been formed well in a Catholic program so, or at a Catholic So when university. I was when I was in the seminary, uh, the big trend, more in the major seminary, but even college seminary, the big trend was actually second careers or second vocations. Really? So like the guy I was ordained with was like 68. And this is the 90s, right? Yeah, in the 90s. And so that was a, a blip trend. I don't think that's a common trend. It still happens from time to time. But but um, uh, but we'll ask Father Dosh. Actually, um, uh, Father Dosh, when you were off the line, uh, Kevin brought up a good point about the Diocese of Bismarck. And maybe, Kevin, you can talk. Yeah, about I did want to talk a little bit about your diocese in particular because I think across the nation um, there are many dioceses who would point to the Diocese of Bismarck as being a, a unique place, especially for you to be able to work with the young men and uh, Monsignor Shea over at um, University of Mary. Um, I know if it were me, I would have a hard time f- focusing my energies anywhere else if I were in the Diocese of Bismarck. So how do you kind of balance that time? And, and what has it been like uh, working with um, the vocations uh, at um, University of Mary or the potential vocations and interested men? Yeah, the University of Mary is an incredible resource for the Diocese of Bismarck. You know, I'm just so thankful to be able to have it. Um, the fact that they've created such a good Catholic community uh, most definitely encourages vocation, you know, in a positive way. When kids are, you know, uh, having good friends, good virtuous friends, and receiving the sacraments and good conversations, then naturally the thoughts and the desires of the priesthood would be a little bit easier to understand. So, at least from my standpoint, the vocation director, I, I kind of have two different um, directions of what my assignment entails. The first is the cultivation the cultivation of the seminarians that we already have. So that means the seminarians that are already in formation for the Diocese of Bismarck. So uh, staying in contact with them, going to visit them in seminaries, checking in, seeing how they're doing. And then the second part is, uh, you know, encouraging any vocation. But when it comes to that, you know, the Diocese of Bismarck is a very large diocese. So it would be uh, very difficult for me to, you know, be able to understand or know every young man in the whole diocese. So, what I do is I really try to support all the pastors 
And the thing that's really helped the Diocese of Bismarck so much is that we have really good young priests. We have really good young priests out in all the parishes, and it's much easier for a young guy to, you know, think about the possible vocation uh, when he has a good pastor. So uh, to be able mm-hmm. to help them, to be able to support them. And then outside of that, uh, I spend as much time as I can at our schools. So our three Catholic high schools and then the University of Mary. Um, I live in Bismarck, so I'm out at the University of Mary often. I do a lot of spiritual direction for students. Uh, I just try to participate in their daily life, a lot of their masses. Uh, we have a Catholic men's house out there. Um, I try to just go to a lot of different talks, a lot of different sporting events, just trying to be a presence on campus. Um, so, you know, we'll that's, see if it bears fruit, but uh, it's just a great Catholic community. That's huge. And so you said you have three Catholic high schools that you can uh, spend your time uh, working with uh, the pastors and the, the formators there. Um, which is really cool to hear um, that you have three in your diocese. Um, I wanted to ask a question about working with your current seminarians. Um, you know, over the few years that you've been doing this, have you um, had to implement any changes or made adjustments to what you were seeing uh, with your seminarians just to help them grow in their journey? Or have you, did you walk into what you felt was a very strong seminarian formation program? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so... What really determines a strong seminary formation program is where the diocese uh, decides to send. So right now we uh, sent to a couple different seminaries, and that's also kind of um, part of my assignment is to be able to, you know, report back to the bishop and to, you know, uh, recommend good places to send. Um, and I always, you know, when I speak to the bishop or other pastors, other vocation directors. You know, I, I like to be able to see like that this isn't an experiment. You know, we're not just like trying something else. <laughs> Let's throw this against the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, but we want to know like where these guys are going and that they're going to get good formation. Uh, so, coming in as vocation director, um, that isn't anything that I needed to change because we already sent to really good places. You know, when I uh, go and visit those places, I really trust the priests that are on faculty, and I know that they're going to form them into good priests. So that's something that's very reassuring. Uh, but I guess the thing that has probably changed the most is there is a new program for priestly formation that came out uh, just about a year ago. It came out sure. last March. Sure. And that, um, uh, so that is, that, that came down from the Vatican and it's basically encouraging a couple different changes in how seminary formation is done. Uh, so the seminaries are slowly uh, implementing those changes, but it seems like all the places that we've done too are doing it really well, uh, and we really trust them, and they're going to form the guys into being good priests. So, uh, really quickly, just before our break, Father, what are the seminaries that you guys actually send them, uh, Bismarck send them yeah. to? Yeah, so if you join seminary, it kind of depends. The thing that determines where you go is really how much uh, college credits you already have at that point, or how old you are. Uh, those are the things that are kind of taken into consideration. So if you don't have any college credit or if you have partial college credit, then you would go to a college seminary. And for that, we send out to John Paul II in Washington, D.C. Uh, if you already have a college degree, then you wouldn't need to go through the whole process and we send down to Denver for pre-theology. And then for major seminaries, your last four years in which you're studying theology, we send to uh, Kenrick in St. Louis and the North American College in Rome. 
Okay, so uh, that sounds like a. I mean, I, the seminaries these days are actually pretty good, so uh, that's good to hear. And so, what we're going to do right now, uh, Father Dosh, is that we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll continue this conversation right after that. Okay, great, great, thanks. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Acts 1-8, Jesus tells the disciples to go back to Jerusalem. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. The word translated as power is also the root for our word for dynamite. Jesus is promising an explosive power that will enable us to witness to the nations and live a powerful Christian life. That same powerful Holy Spirit is received in baptism and confirmation. As baptized and confirmed Catholics, we already have all we need to live life through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we remove the obstacles of our own understanding and lack of preparation and move with the Holy Spirit into the mission He has given us, we will change the world. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. As the new year begins, now is the time to add some predictability to your life by establishing your will and estate plan. More than two-thirds of all adults have no plan. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. We have some practical tools to help you in preparing your plan. Please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. It's a matter of just getting started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. For listening to Real Presence Live, this is Father Richard Kuntz along with Kevin Pilon. We are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We're talking to Father Jordan Dosh from the Diocese of Bismarck in regards to the vocations and his work as the vocations director. Father Jordan, maybe you can just speak a little bit about your own call and your own sense of vocation and growing up. Yeah, so I grew up in Bismarck, North Dakota, through a very good family. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go to Catholic education from first grade through uh, high school, uh, which is one of the best things. It just really put me in a position uh, to be able to understand my faith. Um, and I had really good chaplains. That's another thing that the Diocese of Bismarck is very fortunate to have is uh, young priests in all the schools. Uh, so when I was in high school, I had... Uh, two very good chaplains. I had Monsignor Shea for two years. He's now the president of the University of Mary. Then I had Father Josh Waltz, who was the previous vocation director. I had him for two years. So it's just a great opportunity to be able to learn about the faith from young, joyful priests. So when I was in high school, um, I had a good example, but it wasn't ever something that I really thought uh, that God would ask of me. 
Um, and then I had really good friends, uh, really involved in sports, had some great relationships with some teachers that really called me uh, to be a better man, better virtuous man. Um, and then after my senior year of high school, I was able to take a trip to Rome. And on that trip to Rome, uh, with all my other high school classmates, I just had the thought that maybe God was calling me to be a priest. And I just experienced a lot of peace and joy in that discernment and that, that thought. Uh, but this was after my senior year, and I was already planning on going to NDSU. So I went to NDSU for one year, and uh, I had a very interesting roommate uh, who challenged my faith a lot. We talked about religion uh, quite a bit, and I just got out of 12 years of Catholic education. So I knew what the Church believed, but I didn't really know why we believed it or if this is something that you know I wanted to practice myself. And that first year of really being challenged, it helped me be able to understand it and see that this is something that I want. And that first year, um, I never really stopped going to Mass confession, which really helped me. And uh, the thoughts of the priesthood were still there very strongly. Uh, so I went to visit the seminary, and while I was at the seminary, I really experienced a lot of peace. Uh, and so I just kind of joined. Um, as a vocation director, when I travel around, I usually just kind of give a little version of my story like that. And what I like about it is there's nothing crazy that happened. You know, I didn't hear any voices, you know, the skies didn't open up, stars didn't align. Uh, it wasn't really anything dramatic. It was just kind of a, a slow process of being able to see that, uh, you know, God knows me better than I know myself. Uh, he loves me. He wants to be in relationship with me. And the way in which he helps us be able to understand his will is by making those things consoling to us, right? Peaceful, joyful, uh, calm. And, and I found that consoling thought in the priesthood, and, and therefore I, I followed it. So I went to the seminary and uh, just really had a great time. So I was uh, in St. Paul for three years. I was at St. John Vianney Seminary, and then I was at the North American College for four years. I was ordained in 2017, and my first assignment uh, was to be a teacher and chaplain in Dickinson, uh, North Dakota, at Trinity High School. So it was Dickinson, great. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. It was great that I experienced a lot of joy from my chaplain, uh, and now I was kind of able to return the favor uh, by being a chaplain, which was great. So I did that for three years, and then in 2020, I was named vocation director. It's really powerful to hear you talk about your experience as a freshman in college with your roommate. Um, are there other you know men who have, uh, young men who you've met who experience, or you, you've experienced as exhibiting a deep faith that have stories similar to that where their faith grew because somebody who didn't uh, practice their faith challenged their beliefs and then they had to say, wait a second, what is it that we believe and why? Yeah, yeah, I think that's very common. You know, there, there comes a point in everyone's life where they need to decide, is this something that they want for themselves? You know, um, it isn't something that uh, someone can be forced into, uh, but... They can definitely be encouraged, but there does come a point where they need to see, like, do I want to practice this? Do I want to actually choose this for myself? Um, and, you know, when young people go off to college, that's really kind of their first opportunity. You know, I remember my first Sunday off in college and just thinking, you know, if I don't go to Mass, nobody knows. You know, this is, this is all on me now. You know, so to still be able to make those decisions, even when it is you, uh, is really like a greater exercise of faith and uh, and of love, uh, and if one you know makes those decisions 
you know, virtuously, they can really close, grow close to God. So, oh, so. I was just going to say, uh, it sounds like the underlying question for a lot of a lot of us, and maybe all of us, and and you were no exception, is um, is this true? You know, if I'm going to discern a vocation to the priesthood, or if someone's going to discern that, they first have to have answered that underlying question of, is this true? Not, you know, I'm going to practice it if it's true. I'm not just going to practice it because, just because. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that's true. Um, a good priest friend of mine, whenever, uh, you know, people ask him why he wanted to be a priest, he just always says, he's like, because Jesus rose from the dead. Because that fact <laughs> is true, and therefore my life is different. No. You know, it's like, we, we get the question often, you know, just because we're young priests, of just being like, well, why would you do that? Or why would you make that decision for yourself? And the reason is, because it's true, because Jesus is real, and therefore my life is different because of it. You know, and that, then that puts, uh, you know, the expectation on me to be able to live this out. So, uh, Father Father Dosh, as, as I mentioned earlier, as a guy that had, had that same position in the Diocese of Duluth as you have now in Bismarck, as vocation director, one of the critical things for the success for me as vocation director was my um, uh, um, connection with our bishop and and the bishop's um, uh, real strong 100% support of the vocation program. So the bishop at the time in Duluth is Archbishop Dennis Schnur, who's now in Cincinnati, and he's responsible for the vast majority of the priests that we have in the diocese of Duluth right now during my vocation time. One of them is Father Ben Hatterich, who's actually texting me saying he's listening right now, one of my former seminarians. And so can you speak a little bit in regards to your work in conjunction with your bishop and how important that is with the success of your program? Yeah, it's very important to have a good relationship with the bishop. You know, I'm, my, my assignment is I'm the bishop's delegate to vocation. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, he's the vocation director for the diocese. And then, you know, because he has so much on his plate, he delegates certain people to take on some of those responsibilities. So when it comes down to it, you know, he's, he's still the main guy. Uh, so I go out to visit the de- different seminaries kind of on his behalf. So whenever I come back from the seminaries, you know, him and I usually sit down and we kind of talk about what's going on, what's going well. Um, I'm very fortunate. My office is right next to his. So I get to see him, you know, almost every day. And, you know, he usually asks me, like, what I'm up to, where I'm at, what I'm talking about. And uh, so we have uh, just very good conversations about what's going well in the diocese. And he's always incredibly supportive. Um, you know, oftentimes throughout the year, I'll ask him to have, you know, a, a mass for vocations for the Sarah Club, uh, different things like that. He comes out uh, one day to our seminary and gathering. We have a Christmas party. And, uh, you know, I can honestly say he's never said no to me. He's, he's always very supportive uh, of all my initiatives. Um, and it just kind of shows that when a bishop pays attention to vocations, um, there's a lot of great things that can happen. So I'm very thankful for Bishop Kagan and uh, the support that he's given no, that's, that's 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 absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. So here, here's another question I have for you in regards to looking at new uh, possible new vocations. Guys coming in, guys discerning it. I I personally think more and more, and every generation says this, but I think that we're in a more unique generation right now. Is that that we need men of courage, and we need men of yeah. fortitude because there's a spiritual warfare out there that we haven't seen in any other time that I've been alive. I mean, every generation has its challenges, but the antithetical messages to the gospel 
and what guys have to do as priests to stand up in courage in front of their congregations and speak to that is absolutely necessary. And maybe you can speak to the idea of, are we in a spiritual warfare? How do you look for guys uh, in their vocational discernment looking for that trait in particular? Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. It is um, harder for a young guy, you know, to think about the possibility of a vocation when there are a lot of contrary messages that he's receiving every day. You know, the message that they're receiving every day is there's no way that the life of a priest could satisfy you or make you happy. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that's the beautiful thing of celibacy is it stands as a contradiction to that message to be able to say that, no, the gospel satisfies. It satisfies completely. And uh, the religious and priests are uh, a testament to that. Um, so one of the things that can really counteract the message of the culture is a joyful witness to a religious vocation. You know, for uh, a, a priest to be happy in his assignment for religious to show that they are satisfied, that Jesus can completely satisfy them, uh, will contradict whatever they're hearing out in the media. Uh, but yeah, just for like a young man, it is really hard for him to be able to hear that voice. And I think that's just why it's so important for him to surround himself with good people and that we really need really good families and they need a good priest in their lives. You know, we, we need good communities. And Father, do you deal with uh, vocations other than discernment to the priesthood? Uh, do you help with any sort of religious order, uh, you know, whether it be brothers or sisters or monks or nuns, any, anything like that? Or is yeah. your primary focus priesthood? So my primary focus is the priesthood, but I do help out with other young uh, men and women who are discerning vocations. So, like, for example, out at the University of Mary, I do spiritual direction for quite a few different students. And I always tell them that I may know prayer and discernment, and I may be able to help them. But when it comes down to a religious vocation, I do have that limitation because, you know, I'm not a religious. I don't know what this is like. Um, So for young women, for example, uh, you know, I can do spiritual direction for them, and then I can take them to go visit a content, you know, and for them to be able to speak to the religious sisters themselves is is very important. So I do uh, in a small degree, but then all the other religious orders will have their own vocation director. Uh, sure. So usually I try to put them in contact with them. So, uh, okay, Father, thank you very much for the um, uh, the great work that you're doing. Keep it up, and uh, we'll continue this conversation. Well, not continue this conversation. Father Jordan Dosh, thank you very much for the Diocese of Bismarck. And after this break, we'll be talking to Father Bryce Lundgren about the Catholic Cowboy Way.